Okay, it is uh, 30 April. 30 April is the last day of the month. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report saying goodbye to awkward dates. <laughs> that and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we got from the Times of Israel, Iranian-Russian cooperation on hack attacks may challenge Israel cyber supremacy. Okay, this is an important thing because they've uh, uh, had a problem with the Iranians all along, but now the Russians are joining in, and this could be in some way a precursor to Ezekiel 38 and 39. Um, for years, the last Friday of Ramadan, dedicated to anti-Israeli rallies, championed by Iran under the banner of Jerusalem Day, has been accompanied by hacker groups trying to disrupt Israeli life. As in years past, the resment uh, cyber attack barely registered a blip, causing only minor service interruptions, according to Israeli authorities. What is significant, however, is who may have been responsible and what message that sends to Israel. The attack was claimed by a group that goes by the name of Anonymous Sudan, which is thought to have no meaningful connection to the anonymous hacking collective or the Saharan country currently locked in deadly civil strife. Rather, experts believe the group has strong links to Russia. And given Iran's prominent role in directing anti-Israel activity to mark Jerusalem Day, many see its fingerprints behind the cyber assault as well. If confirmed, Iranian-Russian cooperation in cyberspace would mark a new stage in the long-running shadow war between Israel and Iran, which has largely been waged in computer code. Such a breakthrough would significantly affect the regional balance of power. Cyber warfare between Iran and Israel has escalated over the last six years. We saw that especially with the Stuxnet when, uh, who was it? I think Obama was the president at the time. But anyway, um, you know, Israel really wiped them out and then they were increasing from Iran against Israel. But Israel determined to prevent Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon and advanced missile capabilities is understood to have been behind cyber attacks that have disrupted the functioning of the Islamic Republic and have caused damage to Iranian installations. That's actually the Stutznecks that I was just mentioning. Israel's cyber defenses have so far prevented major damage, but Tehran has not given up trying. With military cooperation between Tehran and Moscow already ramping up against the backdrop of the war in Ukraine, it would seem fitting for the Islamic Republic to turn to Russia in order to upgrade its cyber capabilities and seek opportunities for joint initiatives. Now remember, we've got the Bible that tells us that Russia, Iran, Turkey, and Libya, along with other players, are going to be coming against Israel. And I don't think it's going to be that long now. So this is a real development, if it's true. And Russia has great cyber warfare people. I mean, they've been doing this for a long time, and they've got a lot of smart people there. And so uh, this could be a problem. Anyway, from Fox News, Israel leads with early AI battlefield integration, the future of defense systems. Israel's working to integrate AI into the battlefield operations as it looks to lead the way on handling the biggest game changer for technology. The future of defense systems and of military will rely heavily on artificial intelligence, former Prime Minister Bennett told Fox News. He was on uh, a week ago. 
I'm talking about the analysis of massive data and intelligence. I'm talking about operating drones and other types of automatic and autonomous robots. Any country who seeks to be strong has to develop now an AI strategy. The IDF announced that the force has started utilizing AI in its operations, saying new digital methods helped produce 200 new target assets during a 10-day operation in 2021 to successfully target at least two Hamas commanders. Remember breaking the human barrier? There were times when this took us almost a year. While clearly possessing the potential to be incredibly useful for humanity, could also be very dangerous if misused. This is the time where we need to organize ethics structure, a legal structure, society-related structure, to ensure that AI will be used for the benefit of the people and not to the detriment. AI is, as I would say, the biggest game changer of the next 20 to 30 years, noting the technology would provide the biggest disruptor of economies and societies in the coming decades. Good stuff. Okay, I, before I read you some news from the Christian circles today, I'd like to tell you that I got an email from Jonathan and Shelley. They have now completed all of these. Genesis, Ruth, Exodus, Jonah, Leviticus, Esther, Doctrine, Acts, Special Sermons, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Every sermon that we have done from the Old Testament, they have watched every one of them. We've been attending the Sunday morning service live since February 2021, so participated in most of the Deuteronomy sermons live. We have now started to listen to the Romans Bible study. So they're in the New Testament and they're going through the Bible studies as well. So I just wanted to have my hats off to them because um, they're putting their uh, priorities straight. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can watch on YouTube and there's a lot of things that you can watch on TV or that you can do with your life. But I would suggest that learning the Bible is probably the most important thing that you will ever do. Drop the word probably from that last sentence, please. Okay, from Breitbart. New Jersey Shore Town builds a cross-shaped pier to express its Christian mission. Got the libs up in the uproar, but that's okay. The town of Ocean Grove, New Jersey is inaugurating a cross-shaped pier to express its Christian mission. The cross should still be a part of the American fabric, even in public spaces. We can't hide our faith. It's something we live out day to day. Then I would be concerned if there ever came a day when that wasn't allowed. Ocean Grove was founded by a group of Methodist ministers in 1869 as a Christian vacation community, and the town is still owned by Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association. Badger said that he and his team sought to build the best pier possible, which providentially turned out to be cross-shaped. It's functional, but it became obvious to us that it is in the shape of a cross and how fitting it is for our Christian mission. So this is just a culminating of a design process that sought to create an optimal pier, and we do see the blessing of God's hand in this. The design of the pier has not been without its critics, obviously. The New Jersey Monthly said some members of the LGBTQ LMNOP <laughs> community are concerned that the pier's design represents a renewed effort toward religious coercion. Well, they don't have to live there, do they? There are some people who feel that in this day and age, Christians should take down crosses and move them inside their buildings and close the doors, Badger noted, adding that that's not a sentiment that we agree with, nor should they from CBN. 
Oklahoma judge threatens Christian preacher. Now this, if you're not a Christian, it still affects you. This is just a very important thing to consider. Threatens Christian preacher with arrest for using Bible verses in an online protest. An online Christian preacher has been ordered, ordered by a Washington County judge in Bartlettsville, Oklahoma to stay silent on social media for five years after he expressed his moral and religious concerns in posts about a church that endorses same-sex marriage and a public drag queen performance in front of children. He said, I don't think this is right, and this judge has told him he can't say that anymore. A team of, yeah, a team of attorneys with the Rutherford Institute, a nonprofit civil liberties organization, has stepped in to help Rich Penkoski. They're asking the Oklahoma Supreme Court to overturn the five-year restraining order against him, denouncing it as excessive and a clear violation of the pastor's First Amendment rights to freedom of speech and the free exercise of religion. If this stands, they could shut us down tomorrow or any church that speaks against what's going on in the world. Rutherford Institute attorneys also point out that in the absence of any actual threats by Pinkowski or proof that he sought to incite violence through the use of Bible verses, the court's rationale appears to be based solely on claims that LGBTQ leaders felt harassed and fearful about how others might react to the Bible verses cited in the preacher's social media posts. Religious individuals have a clear First Amendment right to publicly cite Bible verses that reflect their concerns about moral issues of the day without being accused of stalking, harassing, or terrorizing those who are offended by the statements. This case is a foreshadowing of the government's efforts to insulate the populace from all things that might cause offense by criminalizing nonviolent First Amendment activities, meaning speech, thought, and actions perceived as politically incorrect. According to the Institute, in one of Pankowski's social media posts, he shared another church's public photo of a same-sex wedding involving leaders of an LGBTQ organization and quoted Bible verses describing God's judgment of sin. Now, I don't know why I couldn't do that if the Bible says this and he's just pointing it out. In a second post, Penkoski criticized the church's publicly shared photos of children celebrating Pride Month. In a third post, Penkoski weighed in on a regional effort to ban adult-oriented entertainment in public spaces, attempting to refute what he believed were false statements by one of the leaders of the LGBT group, who told the city council that no adult-oriented entertainment, obscenity, or sexually suggestive performances had occurred at a Pride event. Penkoski posted a video clip of the leader's public statement to the city council, along with a video and photos of a drag queen behaving in a sexually suggestive manner near children at the Pride event. Although there was no evidence that Penkoski ever contacted, spoke to, tagged, or met the public figures leading the group, the trial court, based upon claims that the leaders felt terrorized and harassed by Penkoski's three social media posts on religious and political issues, imposed a five-year protective order against him. Under the term of the court's order, Penkoski could be subject to arrest and up to one year in jail for engaging in conduct that might cause his accusers to fear for their safety. If, if he is in church and if he was to read Leviticus about homosexuality, somebody could report him. 
That's this is that important, which could broadly be interpreted to prevent him from citing Bible verses critical of the churches or LGBTQ groups activities. Trying to silence the people. That's not going to stand. But I want you to note how important that is that they have a judge has actually made that determination. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From Just the News, Special Inspector says he can't say that $2 billion in U.S. aid to Afghanistan is not funding the Taliban. We've given them $2 billion and he can't say where the money has gone. The U.S. has appropriated $2 billion in Afghan assistance since withdrawing from the country in 2021. SOPCO testified to the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability during a hearing on the Afghanistan withdrawal. As I sit here today, I cannot assure this committee or the American taxpayer we are not currently funding the Taliban. Since the Taliban takeover, the U.S. government has sought to continue supporting the Afghan people without providing benefits for the Taliban regime. Well, that's not possible, okay? However, it is clear from our work that the Taliban is using various methods to divert U.S. aid dollars. Special Inspector General Sopko warned and prepared remarks ahead of the hearing. Sopko also explained that government agencies are not cooperating with his oversight requests. No surprise there. In sum, due to the refusal of state and U.S. aid to fully cooperate with SIGAR, I cannot report to this committee or the American people on the extent to which our government may be funding the Taliban and other nefarious groups with U.S. taxpayer dollars, he wrote in his prepared remarks. We simply do not know since the Department of State, USAID, the UN, and other agencies are refusing to give us basic information that we or any other oversight body would need to ensure safe stewardship of tax dollars. What a criminal we have sitting up there in the White House. From Breitbart, former defense official, Afghans evacuated to the U.S. included known bomb emplacers. They now know that the guys that were putting IEDs by the side of the roads blowing up our soldiers were brought into the U.S. by Biden. The Biden admin evacuated plane loads of unvetted Afghans to the United States, including some who are known IED emplacers. According to the recent testimony of a former defense official involved in the evacuation as a civilian volunteer, Simone Ledeen, a former department assistant secretary of defense for the Middle East, testified that Afghans released into the United States have been found in a DOD's watch list to have emplaced IEDs. Those first couple of planes that took off from Kabul airport were full of people who had not been vetted and subsequently vetting showed that actually some of them were, you know, had emplaced IEDs and they appeared on our biometrics. So I have very grave concerns about this. She testified to the House Homeland Security Subcommittee on Counterterrorism, Law Enforcement and Intelligence. She elaborated in her written testimony. A DOD whistleblower has alleged that 324 individuals evacuated from Afghanistan were allowed to enter the U.S. despite appearing on the DOD's biometrically enabled watch list. 324 terrorists now roaming free in the United States of America. From Zero Hedge, Italy's Maloney declares state of emergency as illegal immigration quadruples. You know, Italy is not a big country. Italy is responding to the number of illegal boat migrants quadrupling by declaring a nationwide state of emergency with the government of Giorgio Maloney hoping it will help Italy cope with the growing immigration surge. 
However, experts are warning that if current trends hold, Italy could see up to 50,000 new arrivals a month in summer months. The new measures, which are initially limited to six months, are intended to free up additional resources and money to deal with the crisis. Over Easter alone, around 2,000 people landed in several boats on the island of Lampedusa. In addition to emergency aid totaling 5 million euros, which will flow into the most affected regions of the country, the state of emergency will also see the construction of additional migrant shelters. So far this year, the Italian Interior Ministry has registered over 31,000 illegal entries by sea. In the same period last year, their number was only 7,900. However, the real fear is that in the coming months, with warmer weather, an unprecedented number of migrants could be arriving. If these figures are projected to the end of the year, Italy runs the risk of having over 250,000 migrants as of December 31st. From the Times of Israel, Israel arrests Jordanian MP. Did anybody hear about this? For smuggling 200 guns into the West Bank says Amman. I think he needed to be arrested. All right, we got some news from Mongolia, from Technology Networks. Ancient DNA reveals history of Mongolia's first nomadic empire. Inhabiting the Mongolian steppe in Eastern Asia approximately 1,500 years before the emergence of the Mongols, the Xiongnu were one of the region's most powerful and formidable forces during the Iron Age. Their economy was mainly rooted in animal husbandry and dairy farming, while their prowess in mounted combat prompted the construction of what would later become part of the Great Wall. Their culture was famously nomadic, with their influence stretching across the continent as far as Egypt and Rome. Never knew that. Yeah, I thought it was Genghis Khan who started it all off. Apparently not. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. What's up with that? From Zero Hedge. Say goodbye to awkward dates. GPT-4 powered smart glasses tell you what to say. <laughs> Students at Stanford University have developed smart glasses that will provide users with appropriate responses for conversations through an optic lens connected to a smartphone running OpenAI's GPT-4 large language model. Stanford student Brian Chang tweeted the smart glasses are called Riz GPT, real-time charisma as a service. It listens to your conversation and tells you exactly what to say next. Built using GPT-4, Whisper, and the monocle AR glasses, he said, say goodbye to awkward dates and job interviews. Chang explained the monocle-like device can clip onto any pair of glasses has a camera, microphone, and high-resolution display. OpenAI's speech recognition software, Whisper, runs in the background on the phone and allows the glasses to show proper responses to say in a matter of seconds to its wearer. And these glasses would be perfect for Biden, whose answers to questions are something incoherent and mumbling. No, I did. That was actually in the article. It, it was actually in there. I know I add in stuff like that, but this time I didn't have to. But, you know, it's this monocle that you attach to your glasses and it makes you look exactly like the t type of person you are, you know. 
Anyway, so if you have somebody coming in for a job interview and he's got this big thick glass on, probably don't hire that guy. Anyway, they'll have that all ironed out quickly. This is just the original thing and it'll all be very small and pretty soon you'll be able to just sit there and, and have your conversation dictated to you by your glasses. Anyway, this is a dangerous world including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of from the New York Post. Why the cover-up over naming hospitals where kids are getting a deadly fungus? Okay, I don't know if you've heard about it. I talked about Oris Candida a couple weeks ago. Vic was curious about that. But they have hospitals that actually have got this in their hospitals and they won't give out the names. So why would they do that? Three infants at Nevada Hospital were infected with a deadly fungus, Candida auris, because echocardiogram equipment used on the babies had been inadequately cleaned and was still contaminated from previous patients. One of the infants died. A CDC investigator reported the tragic details at the annual Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America conference. But the CDC omitted one fact, the name of the hospital. Expectant mothers would want to know which hospital to avoid exposing their newborns. The CDC, though, keeps a stranglehold on the information patients and parents need. It refers to a hospital with an outbreak as Hospital A, hiding the name. Why shield these lax hospitals from accountability? The public wouldn't tolerate officials concealing which restaurants have food poisoning outbreaks or covering up which carrier is involved in a plane crash. To find out which Nevada hospital allowed Candida Oris to attack the infants, the Las Vegas Review Journal had to file a public records request, something ordinary citizens should not have to do. The outbreak happened at Sunrise Hospital and Medical Center. Sunrise's chief medical officer rejected any suggestion that lax disinfection is to blame, telling the paper that patients likely came into the hospital with the fungus. That doesn't pass the smell test. Two of the infected babies were born there and had never left. The CDC's unwillingness to name hospitals is causing the fungus to spread faster. That's dangerous. From NTD, Chicago employees fired for not getting a COVID-19 vaccine must be reinstated, says a judge. From the Gateway Pundit, new study suggests carbon dioxide buildup from wearing face masks increase risk of stillbirths, testicular dysfunction, and cognitive deterioration. What could go wrong there? Gateway Pundit, Justin Trudeau king of the vaccine mandates now says he never forced anyone to get the COVID vaccine. How many articles did I read over the past three years of that guy? Zero Hedge, unvaccinated, terminally ill Alberta woman denied transplant despite proof of COVID natural immunity. From NTD, this is now, this isn't three years ago, this is now. From NTD, mother of seven denied kidney transplant for refusing COVID shot in Georgia. Religious and medical grounds is what she has, and they won't accept it. She's only 41 years old. Morality is declining. From the Gateway Pundit, New Zealand's strongest man to compete in women's powerlifting contest to protest allowing transgender biological male to compete. Remember that guy that was in there from New Zealand, and he, he's blown away all of the women. He's the hero of New Zealand, and he's not even a woman. And so this guy said, I'm going to blow him away to prove this whole thing is a farce. Good for him. From the Daily Caller, 
dangerous trend. Medical schools are ditching standardized tests in the name of diversity. Yeah. Georgia Star News. North Dakota became the latest state to ban transgender treatment for minors. Gateway Pundit. 42-year-old transgender dressed as a schoolgirl. A 42-year-old arrested after taking photos of girl in a school restroom. From the post-millennial. Trans teen died from vaginoplasty complications during landmark Dutch study used to justify child sex changes. That was their landmark study, and they killed the kid in the process. Breitbart, House passes bill to ban men from women's sports with no, zero, that means none, Democrat support. Gateway pundit, which won't be approved because Biden will veto it even if it makes it past the Senate, which it may not. Gateway Pundit, unhinged Florida state representative claims girls will cut off their, if they can't get sex change surgeries. This is the left in the world today. From the post-millennial Florida LGBTQ group cancels pride parade when it is told it, it can only admit adults. So that shows you their agenda right there. We're not going to have this pride parade because we can't groom children. Got some other news from around the world from the Washington Examiner. Republicans plan to hold Joe Biden accountable with new fact checking website. The RNC announced the launch of factcheckbiden.com to analyze Biden's statements in real time and provide a record of what it considers Biden to be lying about. If he opens his mouth, he's lying. So I don't know why they bother with it, but they'll at least have it recorded. Biden lies about the damage that he's done to our country whether it's claiming that the border is secure, that our economy is strong, or that the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan was a success. The website will operate with the RNC research and rapid response apparatus and is intended to be Biden's least favorite website. It currently features multiple remarks made by Biden that the RNC has flagged as examples of fake or made-up stories. Listen, he's done this so many times over the past two years. it just take hundreds of hours to watch it all. Anyway, Washington Examiner, Biden to hike payments. Listen to this. If you're looking to buy a house, listen to this. Biden to hike payments for good credit home buyers to subsidize high-risk mortgages. Home buyers with good credit scores will soon encounter a costly surprise. A new federal rule forcing them to pay higher mortgage rates and fees to subsidize people with riskier credit ratings who are also in the market to buy houses. The fee changes will go into effect May 1st, tomorrow, as part of the Federal Housing Finance Agency's push for affordable housing, and they will affect mortgages originating at private banks across the country. The federally backed home mortgage companies Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will enact the Loan Level Price Adjustments, or LLPAs. Mortgage industry specialists say home buyers with credit scores of 680 or higher will pay, for example, about 40 bucks per month more on a home loan of $400,000. Home buyers who make down payments of 15 to 20% will get socked with the largest fees. The new fees will apply only to Americans buying houses or refinancing after May 1st. Lenders and real estate agents say the changes will frustrate home buyers with high credit scores and homeowners seeking to refinance because the rule punishes them for their relatively strong financial positions. Criminals, criminals from Breitbart, Bush, Obama, Clinton team up with American Express to fly migrants into the American communities. 
The NGO called Welcome US was initially launched, and I talked about it back then, to work with Biden's admin in resettling some 85,000 Afghans across the United States in 2021 and 2022. The NGO also has ties to, anybody? George Soros, as members of his Open Society Foundation, sit upon the group's National Welcome Council. Now the NGO is teaming up with the Open Borders group Miles for Migrants, as well as American Express Global Business Travel, to fund flights to American communities for migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, Ukraine, and Nicaragua. From Breitbart, French police confiscate saucepans amid town's anti-Macron protests. No cooking for you. Numerous anti-Macron protesters may have difficulty making dinner later today. This is last week after French police reportedly confiscated saucepans in the town of Ganges ahead of a visit by Macron. The reason why I'm reading this is because from stop to stop, they're doing it every place he goes to. They're confiscating your saucepans. Hated by wide swaths of the French population thanks to his pension reforms, Macron is currently touring the country in the hopes of regaining the support of the general public. The tour has not gone as well as planned, perhaps with protesters having disrupted his previous stops in other locations by making lots of noise, often in the traditional method with banging pots and pans. The confiscations have been justified by police as confiscation of portable sound devices, with such devices being temporarily banned from public use by local authorities shortly before Macron's arrival. Now, in America, a a portable sound device is something that you talk through like this. You're not allowed to do that without a, uh, you know, a permit. You go down to Sarasota County, you say, I want to talk on the beach with the microphone. They say, here's your permit. Okay. Over there, if you take pots and pans to the beach, you can get arrested. Mail online, GOP Ohio Senate candidate Bernie Marino, I'm sure you saw this, but I'm going to read it for the two people in the country that didn't see it, suggests that white descendants of northern Civil War soldiers who died to free black people should be eligible for reparations. You know, they talk about reparations. Where are the reparations for the people in the north who died to save the lives of the black people, he said. Well, I told you, I said this three, four, five years ago when they first started this nonsense with reparations. Actually, it's longer because it was when Obama was president. I said that if they ever decide they're going to pay reparations, I'm going to go right to the front of the line. Then I'm going to say that my great, great, great grandfather is Thomas Crescent Garrett. He's got a, a you know statue in Maryland. He's got books written about him. You can go to Wikipedia and read about him. He was the last stop on the Underground Railroad, and he gave up his entire fortune to save the black people from slavery in the South. Harriet Tubman came through his house often, okay? He is credited for having freed 3,000 black slaves. So I want our family to be given credit for 3,000 reparations, or what, $4 billion? There you go, good luck. Yeah, from NTD. Texas Senate approves bill creating new crime for illegal border crossing. Good. The bill cleared the Senate last week in an 18 to 12 party line vote. It would create a new state level criminal offense called improper entry from foreign nation, which carries a penalty of up to one year in jail for first time offenders, two years in jail for a second time offender and up to life in prison for convicted felons who illegally cross the border. So if you have a criminal record coming over the border, 
they can put you in prison for the rest of your life. Good job. According to the bill, this offense applies to any foreigners who enters or attempts to enter this state from a foreign nation at any location other than a lawful point of entry, eludes examination or inspection by U.S. immigration officers, or attempts to enter or obtain entry to this state from a foreign nation by an intentionally false or misleading representation or the intentional concealment of a material fact, like being pregnant and being an anchor baby mother. If it becomes law, the bill would also allow state law enforcement officers to arrest and prosecute offenders anywhere in Texas. Makes sense to me. From the Times of India, India surpasses China to become the world's most populous nation. Mail online, up to 30,000 jobs at stake as Bed, Bath and Beyond files Chapter 11 bankruptcy and announces all 360 stores nationwide will eventually close after last ditch bid to stay afloat failed. That's what happens when you mess with the pillow guy. (laughs) From Breitbart. Kerry, green energy, this is John Kerry, green energy will be more competitive if we raise prices of oil and gas. It's the same thing. Everything the left does. We're, we can't win an election, so we're going to cheat an election. We can't compete with green energy, and so we're just going to harm the people that don't agree with your agenda. It's always that way with them. From Breitbart. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's health care for illegal aliens to cost taxpayers. This is only Illinois. $1 billion next year. Wow. That's just Illinois. $1 billion. From Breitbart. Biden's HHS moves forward with rule to open Obamacare to DACA illegal aliens. They promised when that was passed, this will never be allowed. It will never happen. It happened. Breitbart. That means they get free health care while you and you and you have to pay for your insurance. Breitbart, San Francisco Target puts inventory on lockdown amid crime spree. You cannot walk into a Target in San Francisco and take anything off of the shelf. Nothing. It's all locked up and you have to say, I want this, they unlock it and they give it to you. And then they run away with it because you can't do anything because they have $1,000. They can't touch you so that you're exactly right. All right, from the post-millennial. Portland's first Shake Shack hasn't even opened yet, and it's already been smashed up. Mail online. Texas Senate approves bill requiring all classrooms to display the Ten Commandments on the wall across all grades. Okay, who said it? If you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's word will. Spurgeon? No, a little more contemporary. Punched his ticket about three years ago. Billy Graham. Uh, Oh, she got it. Okay. She got it. Somebody in the back, the very back. You can sit up front next week. Okay. I got a less Rick here for you. I think this is less. I, I don't think Kathy gave one this week. Okay, Macron's haters are going to pot, so their leader's speech winds up for naught. Thought to once have great poise, he's been drowned out by noise about pensions. They have not forgot. Okay, good job, Les. 
All right, so we have um, some irony here for you, but before I give you our last two irony articles, I'd like to remind you that as terrible as the world is, as horrible as the news is every single week, including, I mean, Ezekiel 39 right there today, possibly, the Lord is in control. How do we know that? Because he told us these things were going to happen, which means he knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything that will ever happen, every choice that you will ever make, every sin you've ever committed. He is aware of these things. And all he wants you to do is to call on him. He just wants you to believe that he sent his son into the world to save you from your sins. And if you'll simply believe that simple gospel message, let me read it to you right from the Bible so that you don't think I'm making this up. This is what God asks of you. It's such a simple thing. It's so simple, and it's all that he wants of you. For I delivered to you, the first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. I mean, that's what scripture is about, Christ coming and giving his life. He's writing about the Old Testament scriptures. He died for your sins, our sins, but your sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul says that if you believe that simple message, you will be saved. That's all he asks of you. He doesn't ask you to do anything great and difficult. But if you do accept that premise that Jesus Christ is Lord and you confess that and you are saved, then live for him. Read the Bible, learn his will for your life, and then go out and tell other people about him. We got tracks all over the wall back there. You're going to the restaurant soon. Leave a tract. Let somebody know that there's hope in this this fallen world, please. Okay, a little bit of irony and we'll be done. Gateway Pundit, Washington Post lies in fact check, says George Soros doesn't support corrupt DA Bragg, and they get fact checked. He supports him, he's funded him, he's practically in his back pocket 24 hours a day. From the post-millennial MSNBC host who attempted gotcha against Twitter files journalist now stands accused of plagiarism. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.